Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. I told you we were going to get these episodes back up and running and now we're doing Smashing a Second One this week as well as all the usual individual YouTube podcasts, whatever the hell you want to call them. And let's use this as a cheap plug. Let's use this as, a, as an adver- advertisement, I guess. If you do want to come on Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show, you can. Everything I do in my personal life, my YouTube channel, this and a bunch of other projects is supported by patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316 and I implore you to check it out. See if you can find something you like and if not that's all good just go subscribe to my youtube channel that's absolutely free search for simon miller and it will be there but yes one of the things i do like to do to try and give back to say thank you to the people that do support through the patreon is get them on the show we haven't done it for a few weeks as i said on the last episode but life gets in the way sometimes and again it's not really about it's about how you react to things in life and we reacted by getting back into the nitty-gritty and that's why i'm very happy to say my man chris is on the line chris how are we doing today Good, thank you, Simon, and hello to everybody else out there. Hell yeah, man. Now, look, before we do get into it, there's loads we've got to talk about. And I know people go, oh, you're a couple of days late. That's just the nature of the beast. But, dude, give me a, uh, give me a quick synopsis into your, into your wrestling life, into your wrestling love, uh, how you feel about it today. How did you allow the, uh, the craziness of WWE or New Japan or Ring of Honor or whatever, WCW, whatever it is that you like to, to sink into your blood to the point you're like, man, I'm going to go on that bald guy's podcast and we're going to talk wrestling. Um, I guess the, I first got into it when I was a teenager. The Attitude Era was in full force. The Monday Night Wars were going on. The only access I ever had to wrestling was um, Saturday morning Smackdown on Sky One. Um, and from there, I just followed it. When I remember it, life gets in the way. I got older. I left school. Couldn't follow wrestling the same. And then it was WrestleMania 32 when I finally got stuck back into it. Um and then ever since then, I've uh, I've not looked back. Mainly WWE, but I keep up to date with quite a lot on what's going on, on the outside. Big fan of NXT. Um, I've been to a couple of independent shows. I follow a lot of them on Twitter. Always trying to see what's up and what's the newest, um, what's the newest thing out there and what's coming and what's going. Um, and yeah, I just think the whole thing is fantastic. I love anything over the top. Big fan of um, wrestling, of theatre, anything that's real life, but extra and i'm all about that what was the wrestlemania 32 main event was that triple h roman reigns it was wow that's an interesting time to get back into. (laughs) (laughs) luckily my uh, my friend had the network and i was watching it with him that's why it was one of those things i was going to visit him and he said oh we'll we'll, know we'll watch wrestlemania because it was wrestlemania weekend Mm. and um he then showed me as soon as we'd finished it um it was the first time actually i'd ever been introduced to brock lesnar or realized who he was and i could not believe that a man that big existed and i felt so sorry for dean ambrose i was like this match is over how is he even trying to face him i tell so you that, man, <laughs> that, terrified. That, that is the beauty of brock lesnar i know he gets all this hate these days and oh he's rubbish he's rubbish but you've just summed it up people look at him even my dad looks at brock lesnar and goes what like even my my girlfriend who knew nothing about wrestling when I met her, when she saw Brock Lesnar, she was like, "What is that?" Like, and how, that that's why that? he works. Yeah, that's how he works because people can't quite believe what they're seeing, and yep. you know it kind of ties into Vince McMahon's old uh, old idea that if you can create these superstars that get double takes in in airports, as he used to say you may be able to be at a decent wrestling promotion. Now, I don't necessarily think that should be the be-all and end-all by any stretch of the imagination. Variety and diversity and all these things are, are even more important today than they are uh, than they ever have been. But, but with that said, you still need those guys. We all love those guys. I love those guys. I love Brock Lesnar. He looks crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it, that was it. That was the, the exact thing. That match had me hooked. I don't, you know, in hindsight, now I've seen a lot more. Um, it still wasn't the best, but, as a spectacle, Brock Lesnar in general is so watchable. Um, but so afterwards, my friend and I watched NXT TakeOver. He said, you have to watch this. And it was Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn and American Alpha versus The Revival. So, if, And that's the only thing I actually remember from that NXT TakeOver. But they were so good. It was enough to convince me that yeah, I've been missing this too much. Yeah, that that Sami Zayn yeah. match is, um, that is some special stuff. I was lucky to, to be at that. 
event, oh, cool. which is just, I, I hate myself too. Don't worry, anybody's saying the same. But it was just, I mean, I mean, they're so crazy. Nakamura felt like such a big deal. He yep. felt like such a star. And I'm not going to lie, back then I was kind of, I was into New Japan, but I certainly, well, it just, you know, it's grown so much since then anyway. But yeah, I certainly wasn't like, you know, a, a proper New Japan stalwart. But I can't imagine anyone not seeing Nakamura during that entrance and the reaction, not going, this guy's a superstar. This guy yep. must be the biggest wrestler ever. I mean, he was incredible. Yeah. And for someone like me who has sort of been reintroduced to wrestling after, oh, over a decade out of it and only hearing bits and pieces and seeing someone's obviously I knew who John Cena was, I knew about Rob Van Dam, Batista. Um, it was interesting. It was a very different style of wrestler that I'd ever seen in WWE with that sort of presentation. Yeah. I, in it, for me, that was like, wow, who, who is this? This is, this is so new. This is not like anyone I've ever seen before in this product. And I just, I couldn't believe that I was seeing this sort of wrestler and this sort of character and of course a foreigner being treated like a normal human being (laughs) you mean not being treated as right where are you from japan right we'll treat you as a japanese guy right where are you from bulgaria okay we'll treat you as the bulgarian guy despite the fact that oh wait that's not a thing it was never a thing just because you were xenophobic (laughs) in the past doesn't mean you have to be xenophobic forever i know it's just because you've come to this country or come to america doesn't mean you have to be evil you know exactly you can just be a person that's not from america what i mean what are the odds what are the odds on that? It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, random note, but I, I mean, you may not have. I want to talk about him before we get going. Again, I know it happened the other day, but whatever. Do you know who John Morrison is? I would. Yes, it would be my yes. my friend. Right, you do. Of course, this is good. I've done a lot of. I've, I've watched a lot. So now I've got the network, and my friend has the network. We're All right, so you've, you've caught up, right? For the most part, I mean, some of the lesser known guys I'll know, but I do watch pretty much everything that um, What Culture, Culture Holwick, and Wrestle Talk put out. So I know a lot of the older guys. I know a lot about sort of who's relevant. So I've seen him a lot on, say, past WWE shows that I've since watched and caught up with as well. Yeah. So obviously, so. He, you know, he went out there and he, uh, I guess Impact was his um, his main place where he changed his name to Johnny Impact. I love John yep. Morrison. He's a good guy. Also, shout out to John Morrison. I'm not trying to name drop here, but it was just one of those things I still can't believe. It was during my uh, my early days in What Culture. John Morrison's a big fan of What Culture okay. because he did uh, he did a bunch of shows for What Culture Pro Wrestling. And yep. when he heard all our voices, he was like, I know who that is. And we were all like, no, John, that's not how this works. Like, we know how you, you know who you are. <laughs> you don't know us. That really, that really blew my mind. Anyway... The news that did come out the other day is that he, well, it's not 100% confirmed, but so many of the websites have now said it and corroborated it. Yeah, I think it has to be true. It does seem like, you know, he said he was going to, he did leave his impact. He left impact around about a couple of months ago. Contract came to an end and he decided he wanted a different challenge and he has decided to go back to WWE. Now, the first question you've got to ask yourself is what he's going to call himself. He likes to, he likes to change his name up. So Ooh, that's going to be a int- rivalry with Johnny Gargano right there. Got to be. It has I mean, to be. Well, that's, I mean, I mean, that is my, that is my first question. Where does he go? Does he go yeah. to SmackDown? Does he go to Raw? Is the reason he's coming in because Triple H just made him an offer? Obviously, you may have seen on my Twitter, cheap plug, assignment of 316. I hope that we call him uh, Johnny Elite just to wind up the internet as much as we possibly can, but I'm a sick, sick person. Um, yeah, I mean, where would you put him, man? Say that I give you the WWE book and you're in charge of kind of placing people. I, mean, I actually think NXT is the best place for him. I really, really do. I think I don't think he'll ever be utilize in the way that some people may want on Raw or SmackDown. But I actually think on NXT, like you said, I do think he'd serve as a great opponent for Johnny Gongano or Adam Cole or Matt Riddle or even somebody like Keith Lee. I think Johnny, uh, Johnny, um, John Morris, whatever we're going to call him, he has something about him that other people don't. And I really, really yeah. do believe that NXT would be the best place for him. And I mean that as a compliment. Yeah, I, I can't think of a better place for him, especially for um, a lot of new casual fans, for instance who uh, are now tuning into the product because there's been so much noise about wrestling all over with AEW coming up and now NXT having its own show. There has been a lot of noise. There's going to be people tuning in. There's always people tuning in new as well. And if he was to come back as a big deal, NXT is definitely the place for him. The same way Drew McIntyre did. Um, Maybe not quite to that extent because he reinvented himself and come back. I mean, you can argue that with John Morrison as well, but he's got he's got feuds there that Johnny Gargano they can just argue over a name. There's been worse things, but at least this one's grounded in reality. Has Johnny Gargano tried to steal his gimmick? They can just fight over that. Then he can help all those guys and all the guys coming through the performance center as well. 
So it wouldn't surprise me if that's the idea there, because my worry is if he goes to Raw SmackDown, he's going to be treated like Rey Mysterio. He just appears, get beat a bit, sort of has a little push for nostalgia's sake, and then he doesn't really do anything for a bit. Mm. And then, well, yeah. You, you could even say treated like Drew McIntyre. A lot of people have felt that sort of the, the, the trigger was never actually pulled on Andrew McIntyre as of yet. I mean, it can still always happen. We've seen that. Look at Chad Gable at the moment. He's flying. But I, I worry that, yeah, John, John Morrison, we'll call him for now, would get lost in the, um, in the shuffle a little bit. But it also would tie into, again, the big rumor when he left Impact was that he wanted a deal where he's very passionate about his, uh, you know, he wants to be an actor. He wants to make sure he gets his, his films, uh, I guess, some prominence, some, some views. And he was in something, I think it was called Dog the Bounty Hunter. And I've never seen it, but he was really proud of it. Like, I always respected how he put a lot of his own money into it and he thought it would be a good, almost like CV. And I, I don't know what the kind of deals are, but, you know, I know that obviously NXT is being filmed from a single place in in Florida for now. I think that would change in due course, whereas SmackDown and Raw will do their usual touring system. So maybe there is you know, this deal that he's going to go to NXT, but he can still do all of those stuff that he wants to do. You know, maybe he can still go and do his films. He could do outside projects. Obviously, you have to talk to WWE about that first. I can't believe that would happen, uh, you know, if he's on the quote-unquote main roster, even though, you know, it's just the main roster now. But that, to me, seems to make sense. He's probably making good money. You know, WWE are, I'm not going to say they're paying over the odds, but they're certainly paying more than they once did because they want everybody under contract. And if he can be with, uh, you know, whether you like it or not, uh, you know, the biggest um, company there is right now, could change, of course, but right now, and do all his outside interests, then why the hell not, right? Absolutely, but the, the, so the beauty of him wanting to do his own films and stuff as well is maybe WWE can help him with that, seeing as they have their own film studio. Well, true, yeah, maybe that's part of it, absolutely. And he could be, for them, the next person they push down that route, because they did it with Dean Ambrose for a bit, um, and that didn't work out. Obviously, Dean Ambrose went elsewhere, the Miz has done a few things. Um, Becky Lynch has been in the recent one. Um, Roman Reigns, through virtue of the Rock, has gone on and done the Hollywood stuff there. So there's there's definitely roots in that way. Um, you know, the, and then they, we've had on the network as well. We've had the, the Hardy Boys special. So I think there's definitely an avenue for him there, and definitely some something they might be interested in doing. Um, it's it sort of it takes the pressure off creative if he's going to do stuff behind the scenes on the network. Maybe it's obviously it's a speculation from, from me, but certainly if that's a route he wants to go down, he has more options with WWE than he possibly would with other promotions, unless he was putting a lot of his own money into it. Yeah, no, it's true. I think it's going to be very interesting. I like John Morrison. I, I thought he's a bit of an untapped talent really when he was there first time. Um, and, uh, he never really got his due. I, I think you know. I, th I think he had some. He had something about him that I never really. And he kind of fleshed that more out in Impact, or obviously where he was a world champion. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But that's uh, that's a big signing for WWE. I'd say at the moment. I think anyone with name value, when you've got all these companies vying for for views, as we're certainly going to have when next week rolls around, um, is good. And this kind of ties into the situation on Raw and SmackDown, which, like I say, next week is going to go through a huge. A huge change, one of which is the uh, is the commentary team that's now been confirmed. So Corey Graves and Michael Cole are now on SmackDown. They're going to be a two-man booth, which I'm sure a lot of people are excited about. And the Raw team, for now, is going to be three people. It's going to be Vic Joseph, who you probably know from, um, from NXT. Uh, it's going to be Dio Madden, who I'm not going to lie, I don't know anything about. I think he's, <laughs> he used to be a former football player at NFL for my English listeners. And then the third person for now, it has to be stressed for now because it's come out afterwards that this is a, uh, a temporary move as WWE tries to figure out who they would like in the third position will be Jerry the King Lawler. Now, I understand there was a lot of sort of backlash to that on the internet. People are like, I don't want to go back in time. I want something new, which makes sense, especially because, you know, we're about to enter a whole new era. So why on earth would you want to go back to, especially the Attitude Era, which is hard enough to get away from anyway. But like I say, it is just a temporary move why they try and figure out who could, uh, who could be next. And for my money, as I, as I wrote on Twitter, I hope Byron Saxton gets that job. I really like Byron Saxton. I think he gets a hard rap. I think he's easy to listen to. He understands his role. Uh, he's never worried about being the butt of, uh, butt of a joke. But who knows? I'm sure there's other options out there as well. I mean, Nigel McGuinness, he's kind of stuck on NXT now, and so he should be. He's written stuck. He's, he's doing well on NXT. But yeah, I, I think I quite like this because 
you know, no one actually knows what they're going to look like. I think both Raw and SmackDown are look really different next week. But I think this is a really good first step. I saw a few people be like, oh, Vic Joseph, but I don't know who that is. Exactly. That's why it's fun. You know, I know Michael Cole and Corey Graves are used to it. It's when you tune into SmackDown. And yeah, I'm sure Fox liked that partnership, which is why they did it. But in terms of Raw, when you tune in on Monday night, straight away, things are going to feel different. Things are going to feel exciting, at least for a little bit. You may not like them, but, you know, fingers crossed you will. Because the voice of the of the promotion is going to be different. And that excites me anyway. I was like, yeah, bring it on. Let's do it. Yeah, my, my big question is what's happened to Tom Phillips and who's he upset? Well, th- we should talk about that too. So the rumor going around, I think it was Pro Wrestling Sheet that talked about this. So it may be PW Insider. So you'll have to, uh, you'll have to forgive me. But apparently he's been moved on to uh, production jobs. Now, I don't know what that means. To me, that would probably be the pre-shows or something like that. But yes, it... <laughs> It seems odd that he wasn't able to get a shout because I actually thought I thought that SmackDown team in general was pretty good. Yeah, I I quite like Tom Phillips. I think he's very understated, and he whereas Michael Cole gets involved a little too much for a lot of people's likings. I really like Michael Cole for the record. I think he's great. Um, he does he does try and make sometimes I feel like it's, it's he tries to make it about him and the commentary team almost like they'd miss what happened in the Attitude Era because Jerry the King and JR were so um, so very much a part of that, very synonymous with that. Michael Cole tries to bring some of that back, I feel. But um, he... Sorry, yeah. Um, Tom Phillips just sort of lets it happen. He's there, he gets on with it. Mm, I he, agree. He just... He, he helps what's happening in front of you. He, he accents it rather than trying to oversell it. Yeah, he it's, doesn't do too much, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Vic Joseph, I think, is very, very similar. I often get them confused. They, they look quite alike as well. They, they sound alike as well. They sound like they stereotypical commentary, yeah. In a good way, yeah. in a good way. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so, yeah, SmackDown taking Michael Cole and Corey Graves makes all the sense and to keep it two-man because those two work very, very well. Um, Corey Graves is going to miss Byron Saxton because he liked to not bully him, but it was part of the act. Um he, he liked to use him as his foil, the same way Nigel McGuinness used Percy Watson. And then on Raw, it seems like a very, pardon the pun, it seems like a very Raw team. You've got, that's maybe why the King's there, to, to strengthen it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, good point. Vic Joseph is done, he was on 205, wasn't he, as well? Did he do 205 Yes, that's what, I, that's what I meant earlier, yeah, he did 205. But yeah, yeah. Uh, he did 205. Um, and then this new guy obviously no one really knows where he's from so he's going to need a lot of help on raw especially if he's not a wrestling person some that's why it's surprising he's not on smackdown with the two more seasoned guys it would have maybe been better to have Rene young over on raw instead of dropping in on smackdown every so often and have him work with michael cole and corey graves to get that experience um because Vic Joseph is quite new. It's quite a big thing for him to take the flagship show with someone brand new and Jerry the King, who you never know what you're going to get from him one day to the next, to be honest. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, at least I, he's got the experience to sort of anchor it a little bit. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, I agree with that. And I think that it's um, the experience thing is important, especially with they're going to be nervous and you want to bed them in. Yeah. But I say, you know, it's like when we talk about you know, new wrestlers, and maybe it's easier with a commentary team, I don't know. But my big thing about it is awesome. Like, it's brand new. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't need the same old, same old, because, you know, let's say it's awful, and this new commentary team absolutely sucks. Okay, at least we tried, you know? That's my big thing yeah. with all of wrestling at the moment, be it in or outside of WWE. Just give it a go. And you're always going to get some fans that crap on you regardless, but that's the point. They're going to crap on you regardless. I would always much rather we try... And we see it because let's say it's the best thing ever. We're never going to get that unless we unless we give it a go. And I already know that if I tune in on Monday and I've got a new set, I've got a new commentary team. Uh, you know, we've got it's a pretty stacked show. Like with the you know Brock Lesnar's going to be on it, Ric Flair's on it, Hulk Hogan's on it. We have got the Universal Title match. Uh, I'm sure there's other things I, I, I've forgotten now. You may actually get through that three hours and go. You know what? I like the, the I like the direction we're going in. And that's what WWE needs right now, especially when you've got American football back. So yeah. I like all these changes. I like the fact that John Morrison could even turn up on Monday. You know, all these things could happen and it's going to get people talking and it's going to get people buzzing. 
And that's what you need right now, especially with AEW that starts as well. I know we mention it all the time, but it's a big week next week. That's what you need to get people do you want people to be talking about wwe even when there is rival competition and even right now you know my twitter feed my social feed is all taken up by people saying i don't want vic joseph i do want vic joseph what about this guy what about that guy and they're still talking about it and i think right now that is key especially because sometimes you know wwe social media currency is is quite low (laughs) i would say (laughs) yeah yeah no i i agree did i seem to see them less on twitter than i see about anything else i will see the wrestlers i will see the you know all the talent i'll even see stuff from um the coaches i see probably see more stuff from robbie brookside than i see from <laughs> wwe themselves um it's such as it is i don't know if that's because i've accidentally muted them somewhere but i always <laughs> i always seem to see very it's very corporate everything they put out and i it almost makes me cringe when I see the stuff they put out because it, it flies in the face of everything except the people that sit on social media and follow brands. And that's how they base their social media. I mean, I'm not the sort of person who would follow Pringles or any other crisp manufacturer or any sort of any brand. But the stuff that they put out, even on the promo adverts, is exactly what WWE put out. It's like a brand logo advert rather than creative content on social media mm, yeah, and for me I'd, I'd rather not look at the advert I'd rather look at what's behind it whether that is what the the talent are putting out Bray Wyatt's incredible with social media even Luke Harper with his it's Thursday you know that means every single every single day Becky Lynch is on fire with it um, and that stuff's more interesting than Look, this happened. This is our heavily edited version of yeah. the Kabuki Warriors fighting Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville with all the best stuff taken out because Vince has probably decided actually that bit was the best when they did a wrist lock. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd rather, I'd, you know, the, the content that's put out there by fans is is certainly more interesting all of the time, but it does, it just is, it's full. Social media is full, but WWE themselves probably don't have as much output from themselves as the talent do for them and i think the same with AEW in a way their talent puts a lot out but i see a lot more from AEW that that catches my eye than i do from wwe mm. I, think they're, 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 I was telling a conversation with this someone the other day but in many ways AEW probably wouldn't even exist without twitter you could argue you know what i mean like in, 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 in that's how the young bucks kind of built their uh, yeah, built their reputation. Like, not reputation is the wrong word. They did that in the ring, but their their fan base certainly because they were just so. Well, they just got it. They just understood social media and they were accessible and you know all these things. I think that that has carried across to uh, well. So far, AEW at the moment, like I say, we've got to see what happens next week when uh, the television deal starts. Look, you, you're from the UK, man. You must have seen all the hoo ha last night about the AEW <laughs> UK deal. Um, yeah, g- give give me your opinion about it because. It was a lot of a lot of people were angry, and I understand it's good in a way because it shows that people are passionate. And I'm all about passion, yep. and I like people uh, being that way. But I, it does, and I'm not saying this is anyone specific. It's just it's just my worry. I'm not saying that anyone shouldn't be like this, but my worry when things like that. It started at um, all out when I felt like maybe people's expectations had. It was their. It's like I always compare it to the England football team. Every four yep. years, or every two years, the England football team. You know, are, are, none of it comes out of their camp, but everybody says the England football team are going to win the European Championships. Or the England football team is going to win the World Cup. They then don't, and the people that decided that they were get really mad. And you're like, well, this was your expectation that wasn't matched. You decided this was going to happen. And I love it in a way, because again, people get so excited. But I think that's kind of what's happened with all elite wrestling, is that people are so desperate for it to do well, that any kind of quote-unquote failure, although I think that's a bit harsh, they see as, ah, oh, it's all over, it's dead. And like I say, after All Out, people are like, well, that wasn't as good as I was expecting, therefore it's a bunch of crap. And I was like, well, no, it was just a good pay-per-view, not a great one, just a good one. And I kind of feel like that's what's happened here. Now, don't get me wrong, there's plenty of statements out there from people like Cody Rhodes that, in hindsight, not the best by any stretch of the imagination, and it could certainly have misled a few people. But with that said, they are a brand new company. They are, you know, trying to, trying to figure out this as they go and i kind of feel like it does need to get better but right now it's just better to support and see where we end up than just go absolutely crazy 
yeah, the Twitter was pretty pretty funny about the whole situation with it, how it, how it's being put on TV here. Um, I saw um, it was actually I saw the tweet that ITV Wrestling put out on a fan group I'm in on Facebook, and I never use Facebook, so I'm surprised I saw it there first. <laughs> but this this the tweet came up. Someone had posted it in there, and like the people were just crapping all over it straight away. And I couldn't work out what the anger was about. I was like, well, good, it's on TV. At least we know, because I know you've certainly been very vocal on Twitter about, well, what's going on? I've heard rumours, but is it going to be on ITV? Is it going to be on this? Is it going to... We knew ITV involved, but to what extent? And what was going to happen with the weekly show? And it's quite weird. It's taken the week before to let you know that when it's going to air, it's usually hyped up in advance. Oh, yeah. And for it not to be hyped and to be like, well, you're not going to be able to watch it when it's live, but if you want to watch it, you can watch it five well, four days later or something. And then you can watch a really edited version of it at midnight. And then that's what seems to have upset people. The accessibility that ITV are putting out has upset them. Hmm. And they think they feel like it's gonna kill it. But then WWE, like Raw and SmackDown, is not accessible unless you've got the money to pay for Sky Sports, which is very, very expensive at the best of times. And unless you have now TV and you pay for a day pass, which is what I've sometimes done, that's still eight pounds a time to watch a three hour raw at one in the morning or a two hour SmackDown again at one in the morning. It's not particularly accessible unless you want to watch it three weeks later on the network. So the fact that people get to watch it four days later for free on ITV4, which you can get on the, you know, I don't want to try and sound like I'm plugging them. I don't work for ITV, but you've got the ITV hub, the streaming service, and I, you know, you can just watch it on there. So surely that's more accessible in a way. I'm surprised it isn't being shown live as I really don't understand what else could be on, on ITV4 at one in the morning on a Wednesday evening, apart from like a rerun of a gardening show or something. <laughs> surely it would have been worth taking the risk live because it is it is new. There is a lot of passion there behind it. There's very vocal fan base already desperate to see it. Um, but I get totally that they want to hold off and say, well, let's just wait and see how it goes. But... Like they, they could have easily taken that risk. Like I said, there didn't seem to be any reason not to show it on one of their platforms like live, unless there's different rights with showing it live and it's more expensive to do that. I don't know, because it is a business at the end of the day. And for ITV, was it World of Wrestling? World of Sport Wrestling World didn't sport, really yeah. take off. So maybe there's that behind them thinking, well, we want to get involved, but do we want it? Do we want a repeat of what happened there where it didn't really go anywhere? And they had some good talent on there. So yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. I, I think it'd be interesting. I don't think this end of this story is my is my question. And you know, I know the fight TV thing isn't great, but I mean it literally costs you about one pound a week. So if you really, really, really want to watch it, watch it yeah. day and day it comes out, you can just pay a pound. And I get it, I know it sucks. But um, yeah, we talked about this the other day. We, we won't go over it again. I just I want to see where we're going to get uh, we're going to get with all of this. How have you felt about AEW's sort of evolution up until this point? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Um, are you for it? Are you against it? I mean, obviously not not against it, but you know, and where do you think it's going to go? I guess is the is the, is the main thing because in a week's time we're going to know a lot more than we do now. I keep saying this. There's every chance you watch their television show and go, hey, that wasn't for me. I don't think it's going to happen, but it could. We don't know. Yeah, I'm excited by just having more wrestling to watch and having it more accessible. Um, I think anything that challenges what WWE are doing is good because it's it's only going to improve the product for everybody. And we saw that with well, the Monday Night Wars, the Attitude Era, that in a lot of people's minds was the, the best it's ever been because you had these two companies going head-to-head. Will it be the same? I don't know. NXT is repeat is repeatedly the best thing that's been put out by any wrestling promotion. Now that's on TV. They've got to try and they're the ones being almost pushed to rival AEW almost as a distraction. But if, if they if that's only going to get better from rivaling AEW, then it's, it can only be a good thing. And I, I just think with AEW, with the money behind them as well, um, the Khan family are exceptionally rich. They've got, They've then got the time and the patience and the resources to allow it to grow. 
I don't think they're in any rush to try and take any crown. They're just doing it for themselves mm. to prove they can do it because that was how it all started. They were told you can't do this and they wanted to prove everybody wrong. And if that just means they do things their way and they go about proving everybody wrong, then I think they it's going to be a very, very bright future for them, especially with uh, Cody Rhodes' uh, statement he put out the other day, that like the, the letter to the fans saying, you just tell us what you do like, tell us what you don't like, we're, we're here for you. Maybe it's like you are the authority sort of thing and it started that early. <laughs> but the signs are promising because they have been very, they're very good at connecting with the fans, like you said, with the Young Bucks, with their whole YouTube, the being the elite, all of that. Um, they've they've got off on the right foot, and if they keep going down that route, I think it's it's going to be some very exciting times. You keep, you've mentioned NXT a couple of times, which I totally get. Everyone loves NXT. I think that's just kind of uh, an almost given given in the in the professional wrestling world right now. I, I understand that you are not, you know, in 2019, you are not. You don't have to worry about watching one and not watching the other. We don't live in that world anymore. You know, that world has passed us by. But do you have any misgivings, I guess, for the fact that, you know, we now on Wednesdays do have this kind of faux battle between NXT and AEW? I mean, it's, it, to me, it's kind of wonderfully coincidental that it would be those two going against each other because they do seem to be going after the same fans. Like, I think Raw probably speaks to a different fan base entirely. So, yeah, what, what, what are your thoughts on that, given obviously you want to support AEW? And you can watch both, I know, I'm not saying that. But the fact that, you know, in America at least, NXT and them are now essentially battling for the same people. Yeah. Um, see, it's very different for us, isn't it, here? Because the biggest question that was upsetting people in on the this Facebook fan group was, how are they possibly going to be able to enjoy AEW when um, what culture are going to put out their ups and downs the day after and they can't <laughs> Sunday? Which just baffled me. It's, well, don't watch it and wait until you've watched it on Sunday and then go back and watch the ups and downs. I mean that's what that's what I do, but yeah, it's it is different for us. And we can choose when we watch it, and if you if you have fight, you can you can pretty much pick and choose that way. But otherwise, if you're quite like I'm the kind of person who would, I'll I'll watch AEW after I finish work. I'll just go on ITV4 and watch on the ITV hub, and I'll just watch NXT on the network as soon as I can. Hmm. I get to sort of I've got that that flexibility. I won't see that that rivalry quite the same, but. It is certainly a very, it's very interesting that they've gone, they've used NXT to go up against AEW because that's how it feels to me. It's, you've got Raw and SmackDown, which is basically, it's almost a different audience. You've got NXT being shown as this almost pure wrestling brand. And it's all about the talent. It's what they do in the ring. And they're saying, right, well, you've got Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks that everybody goes on about as these five-star guys all the time. Let's throw our five-star guys up against them. Let's see what happens then. And yeah. then Ron Smackdown, opposite end of the week, almost bookending the week, or literally bookending the week. Going, well, there, there's your regular stuff. This is what you've always had, and we'll just stick this nice in the middle. It's a nice, juicy filling right there. There's your jam and cream. Enjoy it. <laughs> Can't have one without the other on a scone, so that's how you do it. Do you think, and this is me playing devil's advocate, and I asked um, Rafad, who was on the, uh, the Patreon podcast the other day, do you think there's any chance this is too much? in terms of it's going to be too much product, too much resting, and anyone that does try and take in everything that there is is just going to be like, I can't do it. And, I, and I've, I've accidentally burnt myself out on wrestling. I think people will find that, and I think people will pick and choose what they prefer. But without watching it all, they're not going to know which they do prefer. Um, I used to watch... I mean, I myself have cut back a bit, but that's because I've, I've got quite a busy... I've got a lot of interest that I like to follow up with as well. So I, I can't fit everything in. So I just pick and choose as and when. But I always keep up to date what's happening on Raw and SmackDown, even if that's through various content put out on, on the YouTube and and through through Twitter. But um, I, I've even cut back on how much NXT I watch, which is, is a shame. But it's just it's just time for me. Um, I did try and watch 205. I, had, I cut back on that. Um, and NXT UK, and it was just so much. And then I felt like if I missed one, I was too far gone to keep up with it. Mm. Um, and so then I, I found, I said, I, I other than just I like to play video games, but if I want to sit there and I have to pick, I've got one TV, I can't, I don't have two TVs, I can't play PS4 and and watch 
all the all the rest of them as well i'd be too distracted so yeah absolutely people will pick and choose and some people won't some people it's all about wrestling all the time and those are the people that will just watch all of it and will make the effort to try and watch it all um i try and watch as much as i can as much as my time allows um but you watch it so i don't have to so i just listen to what you <laughs> said and now adam clear is even doing it because even like you said you you can't possibly be in two places at once it's yeah not- I I, yeah. I I could have done that, but I just I mean I really did want to. I don't want to burn myself out either. Also, there is a such thing. Even I know. Even my mother knows there is such thing as too much Simon Miller, and I, <laughs> I don't want to get into that point where people are sick of, sick of seeing me. I'm already you know doing a lot to to begin with, so I don't want to I don't want to piss people off. Yeah, um, yeah, you you can't do you can't do too much. You can't do too much, and even it is watching too much of the same program or you know various versions of it. It could be just the same as. You go to your favorite burger restaurant, but you can't go every day. You can't eat, even if it is a slightly different burger. One's got no cheese on it, for instance. It's still a burger. It's still, you're going to get fed up. It's going to burn you out. You have to just moderate it like you do with anything. And I think that's the key for people to still enjoy it is to just take it as and when. And just, you know, I, I, will, I will keep up to date with everything that's going on with AEW and NXT and Raw and SmackDown, but I'll have to find a way that suits me and mm. fits with what I'm doing. And I think that's 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 the thing, and I think that's where the fun comes in. You know, it's it's like back in the back in the day with um, WWE versus WWF then versus WCW. It was like what you know, what story has has got my attention this week? I'm gonna I'm gonna make that my priority, and then I'll catch up with everything else. That was always the cool thing about it, and I think that's when the real yeah you know quote unquote competition and war comes in. So you know we'll have to see, but I do think. You know, I, I do think it's a lot, and I think trying to vie for that first view is the real um, is is the real is the real test. But I think it's fun. I think that's the key. It's fun. There's so much to talk about, and there'll be even more to talk about in a week, especially because don't forget when you get Raw, which is now clearly going to feel different. Then we get AEW, and everyone's going to think over that for a few days and decide whether they like it, they don't like it, whatever. Then we have SmackDown on Fox, which is a big show, and then on Sunday is the pay per view. Yep, it's hell in a cell. Like it, I'm sure, in hindsight, everybody would have been like, "Man, maybe we shouldn't have, uh, maybe we shouldn't have put that pay per view there." But I'm sure it's been, uh, I'm sure it's been in the work for ages. But yeah, genuinely, genuinely, just a, a crazy week for wrestling. It's like if it wasn't enough that you had all this stuff being thrown at your face, oh, here's some more. <laughs> here's a pay per view just to just to round things off. It is crazy. Like it's genuinely crazy. Yeah, I didn't even realize it was. The same week was hell in the cell. That's how much has been going on to distract you. That it's just, oh, yeah, you're going to have Brock Lesnar and Kofi Kingston on Tuesday or Friday. You know, that could be a potential title change there. And then, oh, and then it's hell in the cell, you know, a couple of days later after you've already dealt with everything else. It, it was, it feels like almost when they did the two pay per views a month for the, you know, the, the um, SmackDown pay per views and the Raw pay per views. And they did every fortnight, there was a new pay per view. I just didn't know where to look. Um, so I feel like that that could go it could go that way this this coming week. It's just going to be, well, well, where next? What next? Um, but I think Hell in the Cell has to pull out something very special, and can't just be a it can't have the the quality of a B B show it, a B pay per view. It has to be a bit of an extra quality to to cap the week off and to make it feel like it was all worth it. No, I totally agree. Uh, something else I did want to talk about that we haven't talked about so far, and I just want to go on record and say that I do not think that this will happen, but I do respect Podcast One's ability to drum up interest for Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast. I don't know whether you saw it, but they put out a press release based on this, mostly to say, well, it was Steve Austin said on the latest episode of his show, that, you know, with the right amount of time and with the right amount of... Uh, I guess, whatever you want to call it, he could probably have another match. Now, he didn't say he was going to have a match or that he wanted another match. He said that, you know, with his many ailing injuries and, and, and whatever you want to call it, it's not, you know, it's not the be all and end all uh, in terms of he, if he wanted it. To, but his point was, if he wanted to do it, he probably could do it, not that he should do it. Now, I completely understand the nostalgia argument. You know, there are some wrestlers that come back that I love. Goldberg, for example. Um, but Goldberg is different. You know, when Goldberg comes back, as we saw in the match against Saudi Arabia, if he gives us something we don't want, Batista, it's like I didn't, I didn't want that. I wanted to see you kill someone, and then when they get that right, like against Dolph Ziggler at SummerSlam, I'm like, brilliant. You, uh, you know, you've uh, you've engaged my nostalgia gland, and I'm very happy for that. Now, Stone Cold Steve Austin wouldn't have to do a lot, of course. You know, he was a very much a punch kick kind of a guy after his neck injury. Not a criticism at all. He was the master of less is more. 
But I, I and I, I, I'm sure everybody of, of our age group says this, but you couldn't have found a bigger Steve Austin fan than me. Like, I, I absolutely loved him as a kid. But I don't think I need to see him have one more match. I really, really don't. I feel like it's been long enough, you know, because there's, there's never even been a hint of it. I feel like it's something I just come to terms with a long time ago that, you know, he had his run. I still, you know, in my, in my opinion, the best baby face of all time, but you can argue that with Hulk Hogan and his longevity, you know, that's the cool thing about wrestling. But yeah, when I saw this being drummed up and everybody getting excited, I was like, I don't need to see it. It's not something that's high on my radar. I'd love it if it did happen. Of course, it would go in a massive interest. I understand it from a business point of view. And also, who's the opponent? You know, I think the most obvious one is Brock Lesnar, but you know, Brock Lesnar is is rough <laughs> and is stiff. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, you don't want to do that with someone that's got neck injuries. So, I, I mean, you tell me, man. What would you want? If Stone Cold, a, do you want Stone Cold Steve Austin to come back for one match if he could? And B, who would you put him against? Or are you quite? I'm quite happy how it is. I like seeing him. I love that he still gets these huge pops. He's forever going to be over. Like you know, he's one of these guys. You know, you can kind of see. I think that's where he. Um, stands out for me because even when Hulk Hogan was at his pomp there were people that thought Hulk Hogan was corny same with The Rock for everybody that loved The Rock there was always someone who thought he was a bit of an arrogant asshole because he was it depends which way he rubbed you whereas Stone Cold Steve Austin everybody loves Stone Cold not everybody everybody's like Stone Cold's the best I love Stone Cold Steve Austin so what's your opinion on it though man I mean I think it was mostly done to you know advertise that his podcast is back and he's doing well and he's smart and there's nothing wrong with that but yeah even as a massive Stone Cold fan sort of you know 20 years ago whenever it was yeah, just not something that I feel like he's missing from WWE. I I think he, well, first of all, as well, um, when I first started watching wrestling when I was a teenager, he was out injured. He was in that, um, or he was in the whole storyline with who tried to run him over. Um, and <laughs> That's good times, isn't it? Yeah, we've just tried that again recently. Funny, that isn't it? Nostalgia right there. But when he came back, it was just after... Triple H had retired McFoley, and everyone was still talking about who tried to run over Steve Austin, who tried to kill him. And I didn't really know who he was. I'd heard about him in the schoolyard. He was just obviously a big character. And he came out, and the reaction he got from the crowd and from me, he just turned up and he just obliterated everything and he just went on his merry way. And it was awesome. It was one of my favorite moments of wrestling because it was the one that hooked me right in. And from that moment, I was his number one fan. I was trying to buy as much merch as I could. I was trying to find anything out about him as I could. He was just great. He was imminently watchable. He was, everything was just about him and The Rock. It was, it was great times, but Stone Cold was that man. And every time he's been on TV since, like when he was on, when he was on Raw the other night, he didn't need to wrestle or have a match. He just needs to do what he does as his character and it works. He just gives out a couple of stunners, drinks a bit of beer, and off he goes. And if he turns up and does that, you know, quite sporadically, that's all you need. He doesn't need to have a match because his match was, I am going to stun you, I'm going to have a beer, and then I'm going to go home. And that's that's what he does now when he reappears. And for me, that's, that, is, that is literally what he needs to do. If he had a match against someone, can you imagine Brock Lesnar taking a stunner and a pin and that's it because that's what happened with Goldberg and then that was obviously a, a bigger plan so I can't see that happening I can't see him just killing a few people in the you know a few of the mid-carders would he put someone over would he would he put over the fiend because I saw that rumored at one point I I don't know I don't think he needs to he doesn't need to put anybody over he doesn't need to do anything he, but he can do whatever he wants he's stone cold um so his character, I think, is definitely missed. Even if his sort of maybe like you say, his, his style, his put, his kick punch, isn't so much missed in the, in the modern day. Not that that's a criticism. I just think, um, I just don't. I don't think there's as, as big a place for that as there was. But then, if he did it, would it be refreshing? It's it's difficult to say. But also, if he wasn't quite where we remember him, would it be a case of Saudi Arabia mm. where you? Got the Undertaker and Goldberg making a making a meal of things, and <laughs> that's true. You know, it it could ruin his aura, and I think he's too smart for that. Yep, he agreed. Spot things. on. He wouldn't do anything without thinking it was going to work, and I think that's why what he does is already perfect. He just needs to turn up, and everyone's going to lose their mind 
they all want to see him give someone a stunner, smash a couple of beer cans, drink them and go home. That's what he's, he's always done. That was his gimmick. That's all he needs to do. That's probably all he wants to do. And that's fine because I don't think it hurts anybody on the card giving them a stunner and going. It didn't hurt AJ Styles and that happened the other week. It doesn't hurt anybody because it's Stone Cold. You're in the ring with Stone Cold. You've got eyes on you. And certainly more so than if Triple H just turned up and pedigreed a few people. <laughs> I'd secretly love it. Imagine <laughs> Triple H versus Stone Cold. Triple H wins after pedigree. You'd be like, ah, what was I even thinking? What, yeah, and then what did I... Who would you, after 30 minutes. Who, who would you put... <laughs> who would you put him against, though? Let's say he comes back. Who would you put him against? I, I don't think you can get anyone better than having The Rock because The Rock would have to come back. I mean, that would that be would, uh, amazing. That would just be... That would. I, I can't see that happening. But oh, if he came back, let's say Brock Lesnar, because that never happened. And, wait, well, it sort of did, but it didn't happen in the way people wanted or expected. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one. It'd have, it'd have to be someone he could work with without getting hurt. So I don't think Brock Lesnar's the right person for that. Um but that's the one you want to see, isn't it? That is that's the one that's the one where it would be. It would be Stone Cold and Brock Lesnar. I mean it would be and that's the money match, right? That's the match that gets yeah. the most interest. I mean the rock too, but taking him out of it. Because I mean, you, you want I mean Austin is such a draw, he would get the casual fans back in any way. But you want to make sure the other per, the person on the other side of the ring is someone the casual fan can can back as well. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's gonna happen. I think you've hit the nail on the head there many times. Uh, Austin doesn't need it. He's still super over. I, and, and also, I'm not going to lie, and people will roll their eyes when they say this, I don't want Stone Cold Steve Austin to lose. I don't. No, you know, it's not no me neither. I, it's oh, not, so you're not going to, you know, for at least in my world that I've created here, you're not going to be using his aura to help anybody else. So, you know, I, I get how good it would be. And I understand if we did it at WrestleMania with a two-month build, people would go nuts for it. I'm not saying that. But I think when you take a step back, you go, am I really going to get out of this what I hope? And yeah, probably not. Probably not. But I thought it was an interesting, an interesting topic. You know, Stone, 55, I think he is now, Stone Cold Steve Austin coming yeah. back for... And, 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 hey, you could do Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Goldberg, a match that we never got to saw, see. Sorry, But again, I still think when you got that, you have to take into account we're seeing two people with all due respect to a past their prime. Yeah. And I don't think it would ever live up to what you want it to be. That's not, it's nobody's fault. That's just the way of the world. Yeah, that's that's why I definitely didn't mention Goldberg. <laughs> I wouldn't in in their prime. Yes, now absolutely not. That is very far down on my list. I'd rather Stone Cold and Jinder Mahal, just so we can see a few few hundred stunners, everyone losing the mind, and that'd be that'd be fine. That would be fine. Yeah, Stone Cold and Jinder. We'll have that one. I like Jinder, man. I, I love Jinder. I think Jinder got a really, uh, a really hard rap. Like he just did what he was told, and everyone yep. booed the crap out of him. It's like that's why I very absolutely fair. loved it. Absolutely loved it because I was watching him concuss Finn Balor. I watched him before that just losing. It was just Jinder Mahal was just this person, and then suddenly he turned up like he'd been on a celery juice diet or something and was the champion. Like, I could, as soon as he won that number one contender, you could see it a mile off. It was like, Jinder's got this. He's going to win. There's no way he's not going to win the belt. And he did. And it was fantastic. I thought so. I liked the something. Like that. I, I, I'm not... I loved him and the Singh brothers were absolutely terrific. It made me want to tune in to see them. It, I honestly thought it was that good in the worst kind of way. It was so bad. It was brilliant. It I, was just super. I agree. And it was just out of nowhere. And sometimes I like out of nowhere stuff. I just do. I'm that guy. Sorry. Uh, I like I, I like nonsense. <laughs> Me too. I love it. And that's why you, that's why you got to watch wrestling because wrestling is that right down to a T. Not when we we started this. Then I said the Johnny Gargano and John Morrison could just have a rivalry over a name because that's the sort of thing wrestling is, and that's that's why we love it. That's why we tune in. Dude, amen, brother. And on that note. We will draw this to a close. I couldn't agree with you more, though. Totally, totally agree. Um, Chris, thank you so much for your time and your patronage to begin with. I appreciate it. It was good getting to speak to you. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to throw out there, man? I don't. You may have a, a Twitter, an Instagram. You don't have to, but I always like to offer. Uh, my Twitter is at Chris Wasp. That's K-R-I-S-W-A-S-P. I tend to just talk about musical theatre and wrestling and occasionally politics. Nice, not man. What musical theatre are you into? Um, I, I see quite a lot. 
um, I recently wrote a musical actually. That's very not not um, I say not going anywhere. It's um, I'm actually got a meeting in November with someone who's in, sort of the musical is about not about them, but uses their music. Um, someone else I Patreon. Um, so I bought a dinner with them through their Kickstarter, and I'm going to present them with the musical and see if we want to take it any further. Um, but uh, recently, again, watched Book of Mormon for the sixth time, Hamilton for the oh, fifth. Oh, man, genius, genius. It's the best thing. I have a Book of Mormon tattoo on my shoulder. I love it that much. <laughs> yes, dude, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm all about that. And, yeah, I've seen almost everything that's on at the West End at the moment. There's a few that I haven't seen, but I've got plans to see all the the rest of them as well dude that sounds awesome well look man good luck with that definitely keep me informed of that that sounds really cool i love hearing Excellent. about what other people are doing and uh yeah in the, in the in the time being thank you very much for for being on the podcast and thank you everyone for listening as well uh, as always you can come on patreon.com forward slash simon miller 316 you can follow me on twitter instagram at simon miller 316 i have wrestling merchandise at simonmiller.bigcartel.com and if you don't want to spend any money if you could head over to my youtube channel just search for simon miller and give me a subscribe I would massively appreciate it. For now, though, enjoy your days, enjoy your weekends, enjoy whatever you're up to, and I will talk to you again next week. Yeah.